Welcome to the Location Indie Podcast, an unfiltered, behind-the-scenes, no-holds-barred look at the realities of the location-independent lifestyle from two guys who are living that lifestyle. I'm Trav. And I'm Jason. We're the co-founders of Location Indie. And you may have noticed there was no timer in this episode, Trav. Yes, that's because once a month, we're going to be rolling out a very special bonus episode for you where we're highlighting one of our Location Indie members and their story of how they became location independent. We're going to be doing that today. So let's get into it. Each person's location independent journey is unique. We all have our own creative approach to business, to travel, to how we blend all these things together to manifest that ideal lifestyle. And one of the things that inspires me most day in and day out is when I see location and community members like the one sitting before me here today, consistently taking action towards their goals and leaning on the community along the way for support and advice while also giving back. So each month, we highlight one member of the location and community who is putting in the work it takes to go location independent. And we highlight them not only to recognize their efforts, but also so we can learn from their wins and their setbacks. There's a lot of lessons in everybody's journey. I'm so excited to welcome this month's Location Indie Member of the Month. She's a travel planner, photographer, blogger with a love of Europe. And she's building her travel empire as she works towards being location independent. Lynn Neiman from wanderyourway.com. Congratulations and welcome. Thanks, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Such an honor. I really, well, I, was, I was a little bit floored when I got the note from Casey. I was like, what? This <laughs> <laughs> sweet. I mean, we're honored to have you. And Casey and I, and you were, we were just kind of testing and make sure and all of our microphones were working and everything before we got on here. And we were talking about the pictures you post up in our private uh, social network on Location Indie for the community and how... Uh, how they make like my wanderlusts go off. I don't know. It's just you. You post these incredible pictures. I don't. It seems like you're traveling quite a bit. Um, this is seems to be your full time gig now. I'm not not quite. Okay. I still have. Unfortunately, I do still have a location dependent job that I work at. About I was working about twenty hours a week. I've cut back now since I got back from these last travels. Fifteen hours a week. Yeah. But you know, that would be one thing I would tell people if you have something and, and you've got like a side hustle and you know, you're starting your, you've got maybe a full-time job, you can start a side hustle. And then if you can just kind of gradually cut back those hours as you build your business, that's also a great way to do it. And that's kind of what I've been doing. Um, you know, I mean, I, well, I'll let you ask questions, but <laughs> I was just going to start on my, my location indie journey right away. But um, you know, I, I, I had a full-time job. I actually lived in Colorado for 15 years. I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio, which is where I am now, but I lived right. in Colorado for 15 years and I decided that I wanted to have my own business. And so I spoke with my parents. I said, Hey, can I move back? Can I have my old room back here? I was, I was, you know, I'm no youngster. I'm 53 now. So I was about 45 at the time. Yeah. And you know, they, they, they let me move back. Um, you know, so no overhead, no rent or anything like that. And I wanted to try to travel the world and photograph it and write about it. And 
thankfully they let me do that. I came back. I probably fell flat on my face after going out and traveling for a few months because I just didn't know what I was doing. And so I had to find a part-time local job, you know, something location dependent as I then worked on building my travel empire. Um, so that's, I mean, I've been fortunate in so many ways because of having the family support, which I know not everybody has, but you know, it's, it's, you know, if you have that, I don't, I hate to say take advantage of it, but do take advantage of it. Don't abuse it. But, but yeah, so, uh, you know, so I have been just kind of slowly, um, you know, building myself to full time. So I'm not there yet. And, you know, but I, my goal, I have the goal of quitting this part-time dependent job, location dependent job by the end of next year. That's my goal. And I just put it out there. (laughs) That's awesome. And uh, well, I mean, I think the side hustle thing is going to be a good thing to kind of pick apart and focus on a bit because uh, there are a lot of people in that transition phase. And um, I want to go backwards a little bit to kind of before you got back to Cincinnati, uh, just to learn a little bit more about kind of what you were doing before then. But um, I think sacrifice is, like you said, maybe not everybody has the family support. Maybe not everybody wants to um, you know, move back in with their folks. But at some point, usually there's going to be some concessions or some sacrifice to be made in order to pursue it, I think. Um, whether it's you know, taking time away from your current job, maybe, or taking away from your social life. Um, in your case, maybe it's uprooting. It was uprooting yourself to like a state that you, I would imagine you loved because Colorado is yes. great. Yeah. Um, going back to Cincinnati and moving in with your parents, um, which must have been a challenge. I got some questions around <laughs> that. But uh, yeah. first, I wanted to hear a little bit more about what you were doing in Colorado, like what brought you out there and um, ha- Photo- what photography, you- actually. I mean, oh, really? I, okay. yeah, I, you know, it's like I had my, my undergraduate degree in political science, a master's degree in health promotion and education. I was work- I worked in the fitness industry, which is what my part-time job is here now. But then I got um, an associate's degree in commercial photography. And it was a few months after that, that I moved to Colorado because my goal was I wanted to do more like nature and landscape photography. So, and I had visited Colorado the summer before and I was graduating in like December from this. So I moved out and dating myself, March of 1996, I moved out to, I lived in Boulder for my first couple of years. Then I moved to Golden and, you know, it was just so, it's a hard business to get into. And I was on that cusp when, when digital started to take over. And you know, you know the song "Video Killed the Radio Star." Well, yeah. digital digital killed the professional photographer <laughs> because everybody was a photographer. You know, because right. everybody once everybody went digital, everybody was selling it. And you know, I worked for a photographer who could make really good money as a stock photographer. So just kind of shooting whatever, and then you send it to these stock agencies, and they sell the usage of it. And that was what I was starting to get into, but as digital took over, it was harder and, and you weren't able to make as much money that way. So I kind of started on my journey, like, you know, even then, like wanting to have my own business and knowing that in some ways it would be location independent because I was going to be out in the world photographing. Right. But, you know, as that was kind of a struggle to get going, you know, I had to take whatever jobs I could living in Colorado because it's not cheap out there, especially compared to, you know, the Midwest. Yeah. And so I ended up kind of um, eventually taking, I actually worked in county government 
And I worked in that job for 10 years. I started part-time, went up to full-time, and then that's when I decided to quit. And I was like, I'm done. I just couldn't, I just kind of reached the point where it's like, I can't work in this job anymore. I am a photographer and I was doing, you know, I was still trying to build my, uh, my stock photography and I had got contracted with a stock agency and I was, you know, sending images to them. I was picking up the the odd like portrait photography, which was not my thing or wedding photography, which was not my thing, but I just picked up some jobs like that just to keep myself in the photography field. Yeah. And, um, you know, after a while I was like, I just don't want to do this anymore. And, you know, I had a couple of other things, you know, I was living with a boyfriend, that relationship ended and really about two years after that relationship, a little less than two years after that really, no, I guess it was closer to three years after that relationship ended. I, um, I moved, that's when I moved back. Okay. And when, I mean, have you been always been like an avid traveler? When did travel enter the picture for you? as a yeah. <laughs> career around, you know, it, it's, it's interesting because I think, you know, my family wasn't, wasn't like traveler, like never went overseas. Like I did not go out of the country till I was 39 years old. That is embarrassing to say, but, um, you know, when we always had a family vacation, but we never did anything like major. It wasn't something know? that you were exposed to no, growing up. No, yeah. it wasn't at all. And sometimes, and and because like I look around at, at, you know, I have an older sister and an older brother who have grown children and now grandchildren. And, you know, I'm like, I just don't understand where this came from with me. But, you know, somehow I just have always had itchy feet and I was always very curious. And yeah. so I always, you know, I was the person like with the National Geographic and the the encyclopedias back when we had encyclopedias and I was looking at places and looking at maps and I want to go here. I want to go there. So, right. yeah, when I you just actually went. I mean, what did that really kind of kick it off big time for you? Stick it into another gear? Or <laughs> yeah, you know, I think actually, you know, it's kind of started when I did move to Colorado because it was so easy, as you know, having, you know, lived out there, it's, it's, it's so easy to just kind of jump in your car and go explore something. Yeah. Um, so I explored a lot of the West, um, obviously Colorado and like Utah. Um, and then when I went out of the country, um, for the first time, which happened to be to Europe, it was to Southern Spain. It was like, this is it. <laughs> it was just, that was, it just opened up all those doors and was everything that I thought it would be and more. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it sounds like one constant with you, cause you, I'm assuming you were passionate about photography. Oh yeah. Since I was like 12. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, I mean, it seems like you have always pursued the things that you've been really interested in on a passion level. And I know that's not an approach that everybody takes, but I mm -hmm. think a lot of people in this community do take that approach because I think we realize if it's going to be something that's part of your daily life, you have to, at least I feel it, it really helps to make it something that you're excited about that can kind of sustain you over many years. Um, but of course, there's the other approach too, where people say, oh, well, I don't want to build a business around something I love because then I'll lose my love for it, right? So you mm. mentioned kind of getting out of photography for a while. Um, is that something that happened to you? Like, what are your thoughts around that? Or what, are your, what is your personal experience with that? Did you ever have a struggle there? You know... My, my honest, my belief is that 
you are, you know, the universe bestows upon you these great gifts. And I think you need to follow your passions. And so I've always like photography has always been part of my life. Um, You know, even when I wasn't maybe pursuing it as much as, you know, a full-time gig, I was always photographing on the side. Anytime I went out somewhere, you know, it was like, another appendage <laughs> it's like right. I was always holding my camera um it's, it's, part know, of who you it's, it's so much a part of who I am um like I said I mean you know I got my first little pocket instamatic when I was 12 years old and you know right. so it's like you know I can't imagine not doing it and I get why people might say that like oh I don't want to do it because it, then it starts to feel like a job and I have times you know where where I'm and and for me more the job is like when I'm sitting in front of the laptop and maybe I'm editing you know photos, yeah. but when I'm out there photographing, no, I mean it rarely does. I mean right. even even when I'm doing you know uh, you know a wedding, it doesn't necessarily you know always feel like a, a job to me because I love it so much. So I I don't know. I, I I think people should pursue their passion. I think it's really important to do what you love. Um, and I think it's important to share those those gifts and those skills um, with the world. I mean, you know, that's probably why you're here on this planet is is to do what you love and to, to have those passions and share those passions with other people. Um, wh- did you face any internal struggles with that? Let's kind of get into the next phase where you you drop everything in Colorado, you move out to Cincinnati, is that coinciding with this commitment to start Wander Your Way and kind of build up this travel writing um, photography business? Or were there other things going on? Um, yeah, but it did. It, I, I actually, it was just like, I didn't start Wander Your Way yet. It was more like I was Lynn Neiman photography and I was going to go out there and I was going to photograph. And I didn't even start a blog, which was a huge mistake. Um, mistake number one, when I took off on this like three plus month trip in 2011, I think I went into it like not 100% being as ready as I should have been, um, like maybe not having the knowledge that that I should have had. Um, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll just make it work. <laughs> you know? But is that a bad thing, right? Like, did you have no, to go not, not really. Yeah, you know, I feel like I had to, and and here's and and here's kind of the thing, um, because it didn't work out um, personally. You know, some other things kind of happened during my time of living here with my parents, and that was two years after I moved back. My mom was diagnosed with a condition called pulmonary hypertension, that um, ultimately two years later took her life. So. If if things had worked out for me, I might have been traveling and not had that time with my mom. Right. So you know, serendipitous in in many ways. So um, even though you know, I, in hindsight, I look back and I think, you know, and I was kind of mad at myself when I came back in 2011. I wasn't able to get any traction with anything in in the latter part of that year and in, into 2012, and then in early 2012, took the part time location dependent job. Um, but like I said, in hindsight now, it, it, it happened for a reason. Yeah. Um, I needed to be here. So um, where I still am with my now almost 89-year-old dad. <laughs> so, mm. so, um, so, you know, I, um, it, it's just a big, you know, I always feel like, you know, all that stuff that you go through is a big learning experience. So I came back and I wanted to start my own thing. 
and that just kept evolving. And I think that's something else that I would tell people is, you know, you may think it's just going to be like, boom, 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 you're going to go down this road and it's going to be this and that's going to be this and this can be this. But a lot of times there are just, you know, our paths have, you know, bumps in the road. They have, you know, oh, I got to veer off for a little while or, you know, it's just, it's your journey and it's not going to be smooth and you're going to have to make little shifts and pivots and tweaks in your business. Um, so when I started One Your Way, that was more towards the end of 2013. And it was really kind of the beginning of the year that I started thinking about doing the travel planning part and decided that as I did some research, that travel agents were starting to make a little bit of a comeback because there was so much information on the internet that people were inundated. And if you had a niche, a niche, um, you could probably do something with it. And I realized that a lot of people that wanted to travel to Europe, it was like, okay, no, you're going to go with, you know, this big company, you're going to get on the motor coach with 50 of your best friend, you're going to go here, 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 and everything's going to be planned out. And I'm like, well, what about the people who like to travel like I do, who want to maybe have a little bit of stuff planned out and have a basic itinerary, but want to travel on their own and want something that's more independent. And so that's when I started Wonder Your Way. Okay. And let's talk about that intention behind what you're doing. Because of course, when you start anything in a in a niche or niche, whatever <laughs> word you prefer. I know it's supposed to be niche, but I would say niche because I feel so like do I. <laughs> um, that uh, you know you're entering a field of uh, you know a lot of travel companies, blogs, things like that, particularly popular passions like travel, of course. Um, so that can be intimidating mm-hmm. for some people and it can even put them off to the point where they don't get started, which I think is a mistake. But um, I think there's always room for more voices, like you said, um, unique voices and expressions. But uh, I'm wondering the intention behind the, the the travel agency portion that you mentioned, like how that works, practically speaking. So when you launch your business, because um, getting getting a blog up, getting <clears throat> photos up there and everything like that is one thing, but then finding actual clients and generating business and all that is quite another. So uh, I'm just wondering how that's been for you and if you have any tips or advice to share um, as as you've gone on this journey, which we mentioned is not linear and is kind of... I always say it's like a plate of spaghetti. It goes in and out and... There's really no straight path. So um, <laughs> that's a great analogy. <laughs> it is an important reminder, though. It's it's good to hear these because I think like we can question. Oh well, this is a setback. We're like supposed to be this far, and we're not where we're supposed to be in in, mm-hmm. in this place. And we have this idea of where we're supposed to be, but um, we're, sometimes we're just in the middle of the spaghetti attached to the meatball or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Let's talk about your experience, like building an actual business where you're getting paid for something. Yeah, um, you know, again, I did so many things wrong. So, so I was like, okay, I'll put my website out up. I, you know, I, I came up with my name. Um, my my brother's a graphic designer. He did a great logo for me. I knew how to do a website and WordPress. I'm like, I'll do that. I got my cards. I'll just hand out my cards and I'll start building business. Well, I didn't think about things like, you know, SEO. Um, I didn't think about building an email list, all things that, you know, were things that I probably learned a couple years on into my business. Um, right. But um, 
The one thing I did as a travel agent, they do suggest that you get with a travel host company. So I got under an umbrella. So I, you know, had access to all like the travel suppliers and they do some back end stuff for your commissions. But, you know, I just basically went out there and started to hand my cards out and had my family and friends, you know, it's like, you know, my dad continues to walk around with a stack of stack of business cards for me. I'm like, here you go, dad, here's your new stack. (laughs) So um, I don't care what any of these people think. Take my daughter's card. (laughs) Yeah. So I mean, and and legitimately, he, you know, he's given out the card a couple of times that people have turned into clients. So anyway, um, so and, and that's one thing that I would say is in and I've even had a couple of people say, you know, you need to tell everybody what you're doing. Yeah. Don't be shy about the it. Network thing is, I think is always yeah. underutilized. <laughs> Very much so. Um, and so I started to get family and friends or friends of friends or extended family, you know, starting to plan their trips with me. And, you know, I've had people come back for second and third trips now, because I've been in business for five and a half years. So, um, you know, I think that's underutilized. But again, then, you know, as I on this journey, you know, I started to realize that, you know, I wasn't getting the traction, like just through like an organic search on Google. And that's when I started to realize that I needed some help. And, And actually, at the end of 2015, I did join a member site, a membership site of, um, a group that, um, it was run by a husband and wife. Um, they've, they've shut it down since, but um, that they kind of helped people start online businesses. And that really helped me to see some of the things that I was doing wrong. Um, you know, things like, you know, getting better at my SEO. I was like, oh, I don't need an email list. So underutilized. Your email list is gold because that's, you know, social media is so noisy. I thought oh, I'll just post a, you know, Facebook and Twitter and, you know, People will just come to me because I'm so wonderful, you know, <laughs> you know, look what I've got to offer. But, you know, I started to build my email list a little bit more and started to learn things about like lead magnets and, you know, offering up that free content and getting people on my email list. And that is just so important. And I think those were mistakes that I made, like in the first couple years that I was in business. Um, so, um, you know, the getting clients thing is hard. Um, there's no doubt about it, but the more that you, I think are able to just widen your network, um, doing things like guest blog posts or guest podcasts, or, you know, any of that kind of stuff also helps you kind of reach out into whatever it is you're the expert in helps you kind of reach out there. And then you start to get to know more people and people get to know what you're about. Yeah. And I see, of course, uh, we know in Location in Need, but we'll let everybody else know listening that uh, you've started writing travel guides. And I'm looking at one on your website now, which I love the name of, A Slice of Ireland, Guide to Clifton and Connemara, which uh, speaking of niching down, I mean, this is another sort of to your point saying, oh, say you're designing this book, you know, independent trips, or um, you want to specialize in kind of one area because you're not going to be the everything to everybody Europe person. You're going to be very specific and intentional with what you do. Um, I have this theory that, you know, the harder, the higher the barrier of entry on like how hard it is to do something, the more um, kind of the, the potential return for your business, right? So it's like, 
writing for me takes a long time, but it's fairly easy to like hide behind a website and write and then like never kind of talk to anybody. And then maybe podcasting is a little harder because you have to like record things and get it edited and there's some technical stuff, but it's not impossible. Uh, none of this is impossible. YouTube, you know, video, real pain in the ass to work with. It gets even harder. It's like editing videos takes a long time. Making a film, then if you go up to like the film level, you're going to make a documentary film. It's like the, the higher up you go, and like writing a book, I think, is one of those things where it's, uh, it's, n- it's not something everybody's going to do, right? So it can help you kind of stand out or position yourself more as an expert because you have something. Um, that you've created that's bigger than just you know some articles on a website. Not that that's bad because it's good, right. but um, but it was that part of the intention, or was it just like a passion project, or did you uh, start writing, start getting into guidebook writing because you wanted to build that part of your business, and you noticed from talking to clients like there was a need for it. Like, how did that become a thing? You know, there are a couple of things that I, I've my, and as I build my travel empire. <laughs> insert evil laugh here. Um, I, um, (laughs) exactly, exactly. Um, you know, I, I definitely, and this is something else I would say is, you know, have, have a business plan, you know, sit down and and write down. I mean, and nothing is off the table. I mean, if you want to dream big and so writing guidebooks has actually always been part of my plan is that I knew that once I felt like I knew a place well enough that I wanted to do that. And, I think as I went along and as I, and I was using guidebooks um, that are out there, I was realizing that they were, there were so many holes in them and, you know, and, and most guidebooks aren't really supposed to like cover everything, you know? Um, it's impossible for it, them. Right. Right. Yeah. So I thought if I really kind of niche down into these little areas that maybe aren't seeing um, as much written about them in the guidebooks that that would be really useful for people. So um, that's kind of where I'm kind of thinking about taking these, a slice of guides. That was my first one. I'm just now kind of starting to write another one. Um, I do have like a, a Europe travel planning tips, a general guide that I have. And the first book that I ever wrote was just a location, what I call location inspiration guide. And it covers all of Italy um, covers all 20 regions, but I just pick out like a handful of places and just tell you a little something about it. And they're kind of off the tourist track things. It's kind of more armchair armchair travel versus like getting into like the nuts and bolts, like the slice of guides will. Well, I want to talk about the side hustle thing in a minute because I want to get your tips on scaling back and making mm-hmm. that transition. But how is all of this going? Like financially, <laughs> you know, you do you have a... How are you practically speaking like sort of measuring when you can be location dependent? Is it like, I need to make this amount of money per month and then I'm going to do it? It sounds like you've chosen a date already. Are you like sort of um, just doing yeah. it more intuitively or are you doing it more analytically? <laughs> I'm a little bit more of an intuitive type of person. I'm not, a, I'm not over an, analytical. Um, so, you know, I do kind of feel like I have a little bit of like how much I'd like to see like in a year. Um, versus monthly, because at this point, everything is kind of like, you know, uh, you know, I'm relying on, you know, people coming in and being clients, you know, I'd like to see like, I'm trying to grow some affiliate marketing, I'm trying to get the guides kind of going, you know, it's, it's all those multiple, multiple revenue streams kind of coming in. Do you feel like that's good? Or do you feel like you're spreading yourself thin? That's actually a really good question. Um, there are times where I feel like I'm spreading myself thin, but, um, 
I also, you know, I think that's always been my vision for the business is to have to not just rely on just the travel planning, um, you know, writing the guides. I like being busy. So sometimes I need to slow down and say, because sometimes then I'm just so busy and I hit the wall and I'm like, okay, it's a Netflix day. I'm just going to lay in bed. I'm going to watch Netflix all day because I just can't think anymore. Um, I need to be a little bit more self-aware about those things. Um, but um, I do think that that's something people do need to watch, watch out for is don't be, you know, don't make yourself, don't spread yourself too thin. Um, and I do have days where I feel like that. but. Yeah. Um, I think once I kind of, I, I'm, I feel like there are some things I'm still learning. Like I'm trying to kind of figure out some of the affiliate marketing. I just kind of started that kind of, I think maybe late last year, early this year. And I'm still kind of tweaking that and figuring out the best way to work that. Um, I'm trying to stay on top of my photography, which yes, um, kind of fell by the wayside as I was first building the travel planning part of my business, as far as like sending images to my stock agency. Um, now I kind of have like a little goal and I've been able to, you know, meet that monthly goal, X amount of images. Um, so, you know, I really feel like that by the end of next year, I, sh- I should be in a pretty good position to be able to, um, quit my my part-time job and um again it's probably going to be a little bit of intuitive but i'll also kind of see financially where i'm at sure and the up and down months uh, i think everybody here on this call all i'm looking at yeah. all the other location members here and anybody that's listening to this um who has tried this i think can relate to the up and down of mm-hmm. months you know it's a it's a it can be a very difficult mindset shift to go from, hey, I don't know exactly how much money I'm making every month to this is totally up in the air. And I, like, I remember for me one time, I had a huge month, which uh, gave me the confidence to actually quit my full-time consulting gig. And then some months later, there was a period of quite a few months, like five or six or maybe seven months where I wasn't making anything. I was like, oh my God, this is... But I'm like, but I did it once. I know I can do it again. But I'm like, but is this really going to work out? And it was, uh, it was pretty scary. But um, I think it's, it's stressful. Yeah, it, it, it can be. But I think if you... Especially when it comes to money, and, and especially if you have bills to pay, of course. But if you're smart about it, and you kind of keep the awareness of, okay, this is a long-term... I'm taking a long-term approach to this, a long-term mindset. And I'm not thinking about the fact that last month I only made $700 or $1,200 or whatever the case is because it, if you focus on it and you learn, you make the mistakes and you grow, I, I do believe that most people can get there, you know, mm-hmm. with the commitment um, yeah. over time. So, uh, but like you've, you've already mentioned throughout this conversation, a lot of mistakes that were made. But for a lot of people that, I mean... For everybody, really, those mistakes are necessary. Like, if you're not failing, failing, I'm using air quotes, then you're probably not on the journey in the right way, right? <laughs> yeah, you're not trying. I mean, you right. know, that's what I say. I mean, you're, if you're not failing, you're not trying. So, and you're going to fail. There is no doubt about it. I mean, you're, you're going to have fa- failures. They're, you know, they're not always going to be like huge failures, but, you know, y- you just, you have to accept that that's part of it and just pick yourself up, dust yourself off and, and move on, you know, and more than likely you probably learned something from it. So take yeah. that, take that, you know, 
that new um, piece of information and move on. I think you always learn something from it for sure. Um, I what what are you doing full time now, and how are you scaling back hours? Because this can be a tricky thing for everybody. It can be, depend on, a lot on what the full-time job is, who their manager might be, you know, what the right. nature of the business is. Can you talk about that? Well, I'm, I'm just working part-time. So I'm just, so, you know, I'm fortunate enough because of the fact that I don't, you know, I'm living with my dad. So it's like, I don't have, I don't have rent, you know, I don't, he's like, don't worry about anything. <laughs> so it's, You've so, cut your you know, overhead. yeah, I've cut my overhead and, and, and I know how, I know how lucky I am. Um, but you know, I'm here to, go take them to doctor's appointments or whatever. Um, as I know, I've kind of indicated. So, um, so we help each other out, but when, you know, I had a full-time job, you know, it it was when I was working in Colorado and I had that full-time job, you know, I was still doing my photography on the side. And there was one point where, um, I can't remember if it was like 2000, seven, six, seven, that I was trying to push my photography a little bit more. And I actually went to my boss and I said, Hey, is there any way I can cut back to three quarter time? And so I was actually able to do that. Um, they cut, they Were cut my hours. That? Back. that they no, said yes. Um, not really. Um, I was just fortunate in that even though I was working for county government, um, I had, I, I always, I always told this, his, this guy's name was Mike. I've always said to him, I'm like, Mike, you are the best boss I've ever had. I told him that as I was quitting and starting my own business, I said, you will be a far better boss than I will, <laughs> than I'm going to be for myself. He was just, he was just, he was very understanding. Yeah. Now, um, we had a small group and everybody kind of, you know, we had a few people that worked kind of, you know, half time, three quarter time, whatever. So I wasn't that surprised. Um, you know, I had to go back to full time um, in the last couple of years before I moved back here. But, but, you know, I guess my advice to somebody that is working full time that wants to start something and they want to start cutting back is don't be afraid to ask. I mean, you just, ne- you never know um, if you can, you know, possibly, if you are a valued employee at that place, they may be willing to work with you. And, you know, thankfully, because they all knew that I had, you know, this is when I was trying to, to really build just the photography business. Um, You know, they knew that, that, that I had that passion and they knew that I was also a really good photographer. So, um, you know, I, I was pretty fortunate that way. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking about your situation, how it might apply to some people listening. And I mean, I think change is hard all the time, right? Like big changes can be hard, intimidating, you're dealing with uncertainty, you don't really know what's going to happen. And if you think you're in a place where you need to make some kind of big change in order to further commit to your location-independent lifestyle, your business or whatever, you could almost look at it as like a recipe, right? Like the recipe you're cooking up right now is you've cut your overhead and you're working part-time. And somebody that's working full-time might say, well, I don't have time for building my business maybe that means making a big change and getting a job that's only part-time, you know, but then cutting some of your overhead to use your, the recipe that you're cooking up is what I mm-hmm. said. Um, but, uh, you know, there's all these different ways to sort of approach it. And I think a lot of them can be sometimes some 
some ingredients in that recipe can be a little bit uncomfortable, certainly, um, which sometimes can be an indication that you're onto something. But um, for you, it sounds like that furthers the commitment, right? I mean, you're, you are living at home. You're, you're, you've got everything launched. You're regularly putting out uh, offers for your service. You have products that you're building. So you have a real business with products and services, even if it's not making as much money as you want every month. And you've also handled yourself financially on the other side. So you have a plan to kind of bridge that gap and make that transition. So that's, uh, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and I think that's important. I think, you know, it's like, I really also just watch my expenses. You know, it's like, I I don't go, I, you know, I rarely ever go out to dinner. You know, I don't spend a lot of money on things like that. I'm not out there shopping and, you know, I buy my food, I pay my bills, you know, my insurance, things like that. Um, and I don't really spend a whole lot else. You know, it's like, I put everything, you know, into back into my business um, that I make. So, you know, I really have scaled back to how I live and yeah, you know, it's like, I don't have my own place and I'm fine with that. Um, so I, I do think that sometimes if it's something that you want that badly, then you have to make some of those sacrifices. And it might mean that you get up an hour earlier before you go into your full-time job and you spend an hour doing whatever it is that you need to do for your business. Or, you know, instead of going out and meeting friends after work for a drink, you come home and you sit down for an hour or two and do some work. So you just also have to kind of also be in touch with yourself and be like, how badly do I really want this? And if you want it badly enough, you're going to make those sacrifices. You know, I was, I was willing to make that sacrifice you know, back in 2011, when I'm like, okay, well, you're moving back in with your parents, you know, you know, <laughs> and I was like, I, I know, Here we go. Let's do this. and Let's you know, I, this. and I remember like when I would come back for visits, I would inevitably like my stuff, my shit would be everywhere. I would all inevitably, my mom would be mailing something back to me because I would forget something. One of the things you reverted, she said, to me, you reverted back to your teenage years, I did, just <laughs> all over the floor. And so, <laughs> so I remember when I moved back in, one of the things she said to me, she's like, now I only have a few rules. <laughs> and she said, I don't want to see your stuff laying all over the house. And, and my mom was not the one she was, she was the sweetheart, but when she meant something and she had her stern voice, you listened. Yeah. So when she said that to me, I went, okay, point taken. I'll be sure everything is in my room. And I stuck to that. <laughs> That's good. That's great. Uh, I I I want to learn that trick because um, my stern voice doesn't work. <laughs> just laughs at me. I'm just like, come on, <laughs> this is serious, man. Um, all right. Well, I, I do have a couple light travel questions, but I mean, I think we covered a lot on uh, the transition. I mean, you're in an interesting place right now, and you are in the middle of that sort of plate of spaghetti, which we all are in in some way, shape or form. Um, And I think it's always reassuring to hear from other people how they're handling that. And um, yeah, not so stern, Jason Lance said. Um, (laughs) By the way, the location members that are on this call uh, after we finish the podcast portion here, stick around because we can have a conversation a little bit about this topic. And um, if anybody has any struggles they want to share or whatever, we can kind of brainstorm and have a little mini chat about that. But um, Lynn, before we let you go, I wanted to hear 
uh, a couple of the questions, the answers to the questions that you put on your um, survey that we kind of fill out <laughs> to send out to the members of the month. And um, what is the country with the best food that you visit? I was kind of surprised by your answer because I think you said, I'm not sure. Go ahead. I probably said Italy, but here, but here's what I'd say. Don't discount some of the food in Ireland. That's what you said. Yeah. Because Ireland gets a bad rap for. And food. if you love seafood, fresh seafood, if you like fresh, like white fish, great food. And in Cork County, Cork, that is where you will get some of the best, most freshest food. I mean, they have these amazing chefs. So don't discount Ireland. And Turkey has really good food. The best fish and chips I ever had was in Ireland in Killarney a couple years ago. I was like, these are insane. <laughs> uh, and uh, I love uh, the tomato beans, like the baked beans with the eggs. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. The Irish breakfast. <laughs> the Irish the, breakfast. Uh, oh, I love the Irish breakfast. <laughs> yeah, Huge <no>. fan. Um, <laughs> yeah. What are you most proud of? from the last 12 months? Did I answer that question? I don't even remember what I said. <laughs> well, I you had to be honest. Now. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think just the fact that I'm just, as my mom would have said, plugging along, you know, that I'm still kind of on this journey and I haven't, you know, I haven't given up. Um, you know, I. It, I had actually last night I was working at, I, I work part-time at our local community center in the, in the fitness area. And so this gal in the gym was like, I don't, I just, just the fact that you travel by yourself, you know, and I'm like, yeah, so, <laughs> so, you know, I have to admit that I, you know, it's like the, the fact that I just go and I travel on my own and I just, you know, just go and do it. You know, I, I mean, yeah. you know, I was just on a nine week trip and just went everywhere on my own, did a lot of driving though. So pretty sure. proud of myself for that. <laughs> um, how has it been with the support, like whether it's through Location Indie or other support you've gotten? I mean, how has the support been? Uh, how has that been to the, the whole process for you? Yeah, you know, um, that's one thing that I would really kind of strongly recommend anybody that's looking to start their own thing um, and to go location independent is get, get with a group like location indie or something like that. It's so helpful because you're going to have those days where you're going to be like, what the mm, am I doing? You know, you're going to just days where you just feel like giving up um, and you need that pick me up and having a, a community around you is great. Um, I've been really fortunate that, um, obviously if my parents were <laughs> nice enough to let me move back here, they have always been so supportive of me. You know, I don't always think that everybody understands the whole location independent and, you know, working from home or working from yeah. wherever, um, you know, everybody thought I was on a nine week vacation, <laughs> you know, and, um, not everybody gets that, um, so I, I think surrounding yourself with people that get it is really important. Um, business accountability partner, mastermind groups, all that kind of stuff, whatever you can do to surround yourself with people like that is key because you've got somebody to share your wins with, no matter how small they are, they get it. Um, and again, when you have those days that you just need to be talked off the ledge, then you've got the group therapy. Got the group. Well. Yes, absolutely. It's <laughs> awesome. Probably do right after this, uh, right after <laughs> this recording yeah. here. Um, the last question I was going to 
ask you was what country you want to visit next. I think I know the answer. Yeah, I'm coming to see you, Jason. All right. <laughs> Norway. We got to hang out. I would love to go to Norway. Now, if it was only not so expensive. Yes, but, that is the problem, yeah. which yeah. is why I don't see as many people here as I, I'd no, like. I, I need to be living in like Chiang Mai or something that I'd be having no. coffee with somebody every other yeah. day. Was, but, uh, but Norway yeah. is just, uh, you know, I mean, I'm an outdoors person. So like for me, it's like, oh, I just I want to go to Norway desperately. But my next trip is actually to Paris. So, okay. well, if you happen to get a flight up here, let me know. It'll be great to <sighs> hang out with you um, and stick around, everybody. I just want to thank everybody for uh, spending the time to come out, hang out, listen to the conversation. And Lynn, thank you so much and congratulations yeah. month. And of course, you can check out Lynn's work at wanderyourway.com and check out some of her beautiful photography and keep posting those pictures in our social network on location indie links you're making us all jealous and we're uh no i'm digging i'm digging those shots i'm like where is she now what's she doing all right yeah that's a beautiful mountain i want to go there i want to go there i want to go there so uh <laughs> thank you so much and yeah nice comments rolling in from everybody here um but thanks and stick around uh, okay. we'll chat soon lynn thanks jason take care you too Thank you for joining us today on our very special monthly bonus episode where we highlight a Location Indie member and their story. If you're interested in joining Location Indie and learning more about what goes on in our community, check us out at locationindie.com. You can hop on the newsletter and be the first to know when the community opens up again. We'll chat with you soon. See you next time. Peace.